0: Hi, I'm Sadek. and I'm Christian, and this is episode forty-seven of Shades of Brown. Um, And this week,
1: it was CES, and we're gonna talk shit. (laughs) Like, right? Like, like, you know it's CES. I know it's CES. We all know it's CES. We all hate CES, right? Like, it's nothing is good about CES. So let's get this out of the way, right? Like, nothing is good about it. Nothing ever ships from it but we all make a spectacle out of it anyway. Like, we treat it like some sports event. So you know what? Um, You probably should have been watching Games Done Quick anyways this week, although there is a discourse to be had about how that's problematic, which I'm willing to welcome, but just not on this show. And, uh, yeah, but uh, CES is terrible. Yeah, so speaking of terrible
0: things at CES, the first thing on our docket, I guess, is uh, Google Assistant. as everywhere at CES this year. uh, We have... Their first thing, uh, a smart display platform by
1: JBL. Uh, So
0: now you can talk to assistant and it will search things for you.
1: And wait, no, 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 it's not by JBL. JBL, so that's that's the reference device. So just to make it clear, so. So what Google, JBL is a device manufacturer. What Google is announcing is essentially a software package that you can load on a device that has a screen and a speaker and like, right, all of those things. And it'll just show the Google assistant. It'll connect to your devices. Right? So they're taking the software part of like the Amazon Echo show and they're letting every, any OEM make their own device. This JBL one's just like their test device, I guess, but they have lots of partners and stuff. Yeah,
0: they have, they have quite a bit of a lot of partners here with a bunch of audio companies. Uh, and these will have screens. It's that, it's that's basically the appeal of these, I guess. These are like sort of like things you can like, it will show the results, I suppose, of your query on, on the actual speaker.
1: But uh, like, the, I just want to say one thing though about this. So it can do voice messaging, right? Wh- which which one of Google's 30 chat apps do they pick to do voice and video conferencing? Uh,
0: is that called just Messenger now? I
1: No, it's Duo. <laughs> Oh, it's deal. okay. But remember there's Allo, Duo. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. Mark, if you're listening, I deleted my Allo account. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um but there's Allo, Duo, there's Hangouts, right? Like there's all of those, but I guess they picked a duo. Um, sorry, I just I need I need a uh I need to make fun of Google. So it th- what's really interesting though is that um this is built off of Android Things, which is a version of Android that's designed for Internet of Things devices. Um so it just—it's likely a bunch of web views, or maybe some native stuff, some like weird mix match. Um, you right now can't make any uh, interfaces for it. Um, only Google has control of that, but I'm willing to bet that developers will be able to create their own UIs and stuff for it. Though I, I highly doubt that Google will really make it interactive. It's more voice-driven. So like the whole entire appeal of this, right, is like, oh. Show me videos of dogs and on your point, like your three inch screen or two inch screen, you can see videos of dogs or if you want to. Um, well, so there are good uses photos, I think, right? Like if you're cooking in the kitchen, but at the same time. Why would you spend three hundred dollars on something so you can cook in the kitchen, right? And have it show you recipes? Like, I, I mean, a I, tablet could do that, like an iPad. Yeah, iPad exactly. No, do- an iPad could do it. Like, maybe you don't want to get it gross, but still use Siri or something. Like, this is uh, the use cases that this is trying to solve is really it's already solved. Yeah, they're solved by other devices. Like, I don't think anything benef- like anyone benefits from having a device like this
0: except Google.
1: It's it's all about when they get more information.
0: It's all about like the, the whole play here
1: uh, at CES, uh, I suppose,
0: is like get Google Assistant into every fucking device, like everything, cars, fridges, uh, I don't know what else. What else can they
1: put the assistant in? Um, they have it in cars. They have in fridges. They put them in headphones now. Google Assistant is being headphones. Sony's updating headphones. Uh, Be B play whatever they're called. Yeah. Whatever that brand that DJ Khaled has a branded headphone with, (laughs) they are um, having Google systems of their headphones. A lot of companies are doing that. Now, the problem is, right, is this a good idea or not? I mean, they're just following the trends. Like they're seeing the, the Alexa
0: stuff happening, right? Like the CD. Like last year was all like last year was basically just Amazon putting like Alexa everybody was announcing stuff with Alexa and that like every product had Alexa in it uh and like where is that now like where is like is is that still a thing like i don't think that panned out as well as it did for amazon i don't know if google thinks that it, it can do better like it can it can probably get better partnerships uh i don't know if this partnerships will last or they will have any real impact for no,
1: like well i think the thing is here though right it's like if we look at it from from Google's play, it's more like uh, someone can go into a Best Buy and try and buy an Amazon Echo show or they can see a bunch of Google Assistant devices all at various price points. Yeah. That's... So you can you can get and And I mean, they literally do the same thing. And hell, this one has YouTube support when the Echo show does it. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, they can all do the same thing technically. So at this point, you just you buy the cheaper one. Right. Because. Um, as much as I'm a screen, uh, a screen snob, am I really going to uh, care about the pixel count or what technology my um, smart speaker display things using? No, like
0: no, not. I mean, really. I'm not going to
1: buy one to begin with, no. but still,
0: no. I mean, at this point, this is this is all about the ecosystem play, right? Like they want you using their services. Uh, this, like, this again, is is like. Try, the, this is just a vehicle for Google services, right? Like, it just they just wanted to use Google services, which includes a system and which connects to other Google services. Um, so, if you're already in the Google ecosystem, this will be like you know very appealing, obviously. Like, but if you're already like in Amazon's ecosystem, if you can call it that, uh,
1: then well, you can use. Well, the- not really. I mean. The problem of Amazon's ecosystem is that you buy things and that's it. What other who uses Amazon Cloud Photos or Amazon anything? Right? Yeah, it's buying stuff on Amazon and like EC2 or AWS. I mean, so that like the doesn't big, really integrate with Alexa. As well. Well, I know it does integrate with Alexa, right? But I'm saying like Amazon sort of like a, as a company. Right? Yeah, like I don't think anyone's using Amazon Music or. Amazon Video, yes. Yes. But outside of that, it's their storefront, their video delivery service, and nothing else is really used by folks. Yeah. So Google has a stronger play here because they can be like, okay, we have your calendar, we have your email, we have your search results, we have your YouTube history. Yep. So they can – there's a much richer set of sources to draw from automatically without you having to – Input Manually connect them, right? Yeah. Like – so – Maybe like the, the most of work you'll have to do in setting this up if you are an Android user as a Pixel device or, you know, like a modern Android phone and you use all of Google's apps. It's like probably hooking it up to Spotify because no one uses Google Play Music, right? Like that's <laughs> what, when you use Amazon <laughs> stuff, though, right? You have to hook it up to your calendar, or your inbox, if you like Spotify, everything, right? You have to set it up with so many things. So there's so many pain points that are taken away from this. But at the same time, I still don't know how to feel about it because I. so like last decade right we had microsoft asserting dominance but nothing like this google is literally trying to like be in every single little corner they can be in right from your watch all the way up and i guess that's a that makes sense as a corporate strategy but it's such like a power play that we that i don't think we've ever seen that in technology like,
0: let's talk about like these exhibit they had uh at ces the article over at the verge is uh Probably very apt. Uh, it says that uh, Google's CES exhibit is meant to indoctrinate you in the ways of the assistant. Uh, so I mean, that's basically it. It's it's essentially just, as I mentioned, get you to use all those Google services. Like it's it's. it's, it's so what we mentioned that what Microsoft is doing. It's just all all these tech companies are basically playing the same game here. I think it's just. Google approaches it in a di- little bit a different way, but it's all the same shit.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe maybe I'm just being I'm being an old person and just hating against lock in.
0: <laughs> it is lock in. It is it is all lock in. Um, I mean, it's not like these things really talk to each other, right? Like these these things are all like connected to their respective silos, uh, and that's basically it. Uh, they may integrate it with other stuff like Spotify or you no, know, but those are like very selective integrations. They don't really. They're not very open devices uh as as it were
1: Uh, but they hit enough of them i think though right like as much as me and you complain about the fact that we don't like the assistant or we think that this stuff's creepy like let's like if i want to put my blinders on for a second right like if i want to put my sunglasses on and think about it the fact that you have a voice device where you can and you have another device plugged into your tv and you have like a watch, and from all that, you just talk to one of them and say, um, "Hey, I want to watch the latest Carly Ray Jepsen video on <laughs> on my on you know watch your music hashtag video. relatable." And uh. the fact that it just pops up on your TV, like t- putting my blinders on, right? Like that is super dope. Um, I mean, the, yeah, from a tech perspective, that's very. And so I, it's there are uses for this, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. I I just. On, on an ideological stance, I just kind of want to be like, no. Uh, like, we're still on the assistance track, so we're going to be... The next one,
0: there's some Alexa news. Uh, uh, it's, it's, Alexa is coming to
1: Windows 10 PC's. So, so we have to be we have to be clear though. This is not the integration that Microsoft and Amazon uh announced last year, right? They announced last year that you'd be able to access Alexa from Cortana and Cortana from Alexa. This is different. This is just like an Amazon um made Alexa app coming to Windows 10 devices. Yeah.
0: This is this is, I mean uh, I don't know. This this is just like yeah, now you have Alexa on your desktop. How is how is it gonna like now you're gonna have you can talk to Alexa on your PC and on the various Amazon devices. Uh, so I guess Amazon just gets a little bit more integration into into the ecosystem. Uh, so I mean, what does this mean for Cortana though? Like Cortana is a bit. People have been saying that Cortana is a bit, you know, uh, under sort of underused, like under. Like Microsoft's not really giving you the attention it deserves, but I don't think that's that's what this is. I don't think this is sort of related.
1: This is this is I think there's two plays on this, right? A, I don't think Microsoft really cares if you're using Cortana as long as you're on Windows, right? Like it, like the fact is like so maybe they want everyone to use Cortana, but the the flip side is you're still using your Windows 10 device and you haven't like bought a Mac, right? Where they have no play whatsoever. You can reclaim someone from Alexa of Cortana if they're using Windows, right? Like you can they can make a power play on that. Uh but and I I think that it's I don't Cortana has been falling behind because Microsoft doesn't have a mobile thing, right? Like um there's many Windows Central podcast episodes you can listen to if you want for some super deep discourse on this, right? But to make a good mobile uh assistant um we're not going to call them aIs cuz they're they're not uh but these voice these voice box things right like to to make a good one you need the data you can only get on a phone right you need that precise location data you need a wealth of um of uh, like uh email caches and all that fun stuff to search through if you're at google and you also need an easy and widely used way of plugging into it because most windows apps right or win 32 and they don't talk to Cortana. Um, if you have UWP apps, I believe you can do small things here and there, but it's really not as deep as iOS or now Android with um with Google opening up some app extensions into the Google Assistant, right? So you no one makes UWP Windows apps. So what's the point of, of using Cortana? Because it can it won't talk to anything, anyways, right? Like you can any any voice speaker can tell you what's your next appointment or set a timer, right? Like that's basic shit.
0: Yeah. Like, all of, all of them can do that. All of them have that basic functionality at this point. It's just about now, it's all about those integrations, right? It's all about those uh, connections to other services and, like, you know, integrating with things like Spotify or integrating with music search or video search or, you know, searching for, I don't know, searching for GIFs. Uh, GIFs? Oh, God. <laughs> We're not having that discourse on this fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like... At this point, it's not about, like, those basic tasks like calendars and, like, email uh, or, like, text messaging or whatever. It's about those other more deeper connections like those music apps and uh, for, photo search and whatever else uh, these companies are doing. So, I mean, yeah, that's it's a thing. It's, it's an assistant thing. Uh, what else do we have? We, oh, this we got. We got some cool Cortana ideas,
1: I suppose. Uh, I- Wait, well, it's like it's like. So Microsoft announced that Windows IoT devices could integrate with Cortana a while back. Um, no one's done that, <laughs> so well, someone finally did it, and this device looks dope, right? Like, please, please introduce this. Um,
0: so this is a device made by uh, Johnson Controls, who make thermostats. Okay. Uh, And they made a first, they made made a smart thermostat uh, that has Cortana on it. Uh, And it has something called Glass, it's like all capital G-L-A-S. It's a translucent OLED Samsung display, which is extremely cool, by the way. It looks very, very nice. Like, we'll have a link to the article and the pictures with it. Uh, And it just looks very nice. It has some nice fonts. It has some very good fonts.
1: Uh, it's very, I love the iconogra- uh, iconography. I can speak English and I, I love, I love the fonts too. Um, it's see, this is that, you know, that like new age modern design shit that Apple does in iOS that people kind of rag against sometimes. This is like an example of that done right. Because like, it's not a blinding white background, but you have like that sort of spacious amounts of text and and padding used, but it makes sense, right? Because you're supposed to see through it. It's not supposed to be, like, all UI. It's supposed to be thin and light because, you know, it's not It's not the... It's transparent, which is super cool. It is, It's, like, what I want. That
0: that display tech is actually what I'm more interested in because, like, the display tech is extremely... Uh, I want to see that in more things because that is a very cool-looking display. Yeah, so this is powered by Windows 10 IoT Core uh, and the Microsoft and Cortana is built into that. Uh, it's a 5.9-inch translucent display, as I mentioned. Uh, it has basic voice feedback. It's it's it's, it, it's a thermostat, so it's going inter- to integrate with I guess other Johnson controlled th- like HVAC systems, I suppose. Uh, so that's I mean, it's pretty cool. It's priced at like three hundred nineteen dollars. But uh, anything else you have to say about that? Because I don't know. It's it's
1: kind. Uh, it's it's don't buy this. Like honestly, like, <laughs> it looks cool. Um, don't don't buy it. Right. Like this is a dope. Uh, Sort of uh, test bed for transparent displays, translucent displays. Um, I imagine these displays are super hard to manufacture, so they probably these, these things probably can't be made in mass quantity to begin with. But um, there, it's dope. This is this is a cool thing. No one's going no one should buy it, but I'm glad it exists. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I want to see what uh, what other companies do with that display tech because that is that is some cool display tech. Um, the next step, we the VR segment, uh, I guess. Uh Oculus Go uh, got announced. Um uh, it's built by Xiaomi. Uh it's 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 all in one VR headset, has a Snapdragon uh 821 in it. Uh and it looks alright. Like I mean it's two hundred dollars, yeah. It is two hundred dollars.
1: It has a um twenty five sixty by fourteen forty display and it has spatial audio speakers. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean it's another VR hedge. I like I'm not too interested in like the Oculus stuff, but well so we're not interested in the Oculus stuff because V and Satic have a strong dislike and distrust of Facebook, but taken taken away from that, right? Like removing removing our distrust of Facebook and once again putting our blinders on um to become uh two shades of tech bros. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh god. Oh Lord. That was so bad. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, but right, like if I want to, if I want to pretend like I'm a commenter on Hacker News, this is something really innovative, right? <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I oh. fucking hate CES, man.
0: It's so bad. Yeah, like honestly, this is, this is the problem with CES. Like you have all this tech, and like it's like it's it's, it's the name of the show, right? The it's the Consumer Electronics Show, and it's very, very consumer.
1: Uh this is. But- so like like right so HTC announced a um Vive wireless adapter. Okay, now this is the actually reason, kind this of is cool. cool, right? Yeah. But like the fucking name of the technology it uses, WiGig, WiGig. Okay, so it's pronounced WiGig. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's such a dumb name. <laughs> uh, network
0: people are not always best at naming things. Just just let, let that I love that one slide.
1: So um, um, explain how does WiGig work? Actually, explain this.
0: Um, WiGig is an Intel tech. Um, it uses uh it uses this it operates in the 60 gigahertz band which means it is very low distant like low range uh it doesn't have much range obviously uh and it, it's like it, it and it, like prevents any interference and it runs at very low latency uh so this this is what you need when you want high like a low latency high def like wireless transfers like so that's what the vibe needs, right it needs to transfer a bunch of data over wireless uh at at low latency uh over a short distance so that's that's what y gig is if you want to read more about y gig i'm sure you can you can intel has probably a bunch of data sheets on those
1: uh although we can't don't. Uh, no, I was going to make a joke about how we can't trust Intel, but no, I'll let that. Slide. Uh, yeah, they're no, probably being they're probably being truthful with their Y stuff.
0: I mean, the Y stuff was the it has been around for while. It just has nobody really uses it because it's not very useful for many things. It's, it only really has very specific niche sort of uh, uses, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's cool. So I guess wireless because uh, one problem with the HTC Vive was that you had like wires everywhere. Uh, you had like. It was like a mess, like the full room experience for the Vive was was a bit of a, like a wired mess. So I guess this is sort of like alleviate that problem.
1: I still don't like the design of the Vive. It looks like a freaking face crab half life <laughs> it does. It's, it's still – even the Vive Pro still looks like a face yeah, crab. And this thing looks like this looks like an actual gear you just throw on the face crab like <laughs> i i don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean this is why you know
0: like this is not like fashionable.
1: Uh, you know you're not going to wear this outside. Um I mean Oh my god. <laughs> you have a you have you have this headset, right, wirelessly on your face, and then you have one of those backpack VR oh computers god. that fits to a backpack. Oh god. And then you're just like you're just on the bus, just like being that guy, right? That just Oh my god. That just what, what would you do if you hopped on the metro and you saw and you saw someone with a ATC vibe an Xbox control No 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 one of those motion controllers in their hand and then like a huge ass backpack. Oh god. I would just be like, "Excuse me. Um is is your is it how heavy is it?" First
0: question, how heavy? Do, do, do you lift? Do you lift? Second question, uh how hot is the damn thing? Like it, it, your back must be like burning because like like, it can be cheap. Like it can be heat, like, like, low heat to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, so that's the VR
1: news. And now we move on to the best section, right? The What the fuck? The What the fuck <laughs> CES. Um, so yeah. we only, we for the sake of time, because we want to talk about other things besides CES, we um, only put two in here. Now, mind you, there's a lot of bullshit. There's a lot CES. of bullshit. Yeah. The power went out. Um, I mean that's that's not really bullshit, it's just like you know funny. It's just funny, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, there's probably bad tech demos. Um, something you should watch, though. We're not gonna spend much time talking about it. But Huawei's CEO went off on American carriers because <laughs> they don't want to carry his phones because the government thinks that uh, Huawei is spyware. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't, I'm not gonna go deep into the political implications of that. But it's it is. But the fact that a CEO was just like, we've earned the trust of every country in the world except these Americans, yeah. and people are still buying our phones. Fuck it. Yeah. Like he. That's paraphrasing. Yeah. But basically, that, like he's just going off the cuff and being like, fucking we the third, we're, "We're the third largest phone maker in the world. Fuck you!" Yeah, basically, <laughs> right? and that's great. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the what the fuck? First thing, uh, this is this is extremely bubble uh, worthy. Kodak announces its own cryptocurrency and watches its stock price skyrocket for fuck's sake uh this is like can this be any more of a
1: bubble like honestly hold on hold on a minute so um tell me if if you think this is something that was actually said or not uh let's play let's play a fun game here um Hacker News commentator voice here. For many in the tech industry, blockchain and <laughs> cryptocurrency are hot words. But for photographers who've long struggled to exert control over their work and how it's used, these buzzwords are the key to solving what feels like an unsolvable problem. Oh, was God. That, did I just make that up or was that an actual statement? Uh,
0: that was uh, – thanks for playing, folks. Uh, it, it was an actual <laughs> statement by Kodak CEO Jeff Clark uh, in a press statement about this Kodak coin thing. Oh for fuck's sake. Uh Kodak coins are obviously blockchain powered Kodak one rights management platform.
1: Oh so basically it's a blockchain managed DMR plat- DRM, DRM platform platform. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. Um if so here here if you're ever on a date with me or static here are some words you shouldn't say (laughs) sequentially blockchain drm managed closed source platform like you say those words together and we're just not friends Um,
0: that's not happening yeah (laughs) i'm just leaving i'm just walking out the door Um, i
1: just i i am just telling you to go to go just just stop just stop talking to me stop talking to everyone rethink your life like you know delete your twitter account (laughs) don't ever join mastodon right like i don't want to be friends with you and i don't want you around me because those words on their own upset me but all of those words put together right it's like just... no
0: yeah this this i mean this This. Is we're laughing at this like the initial offering of this opens on january 31st under sec guidelines you know if you if you it's open to us uk canadian and other investors uh uh i mean don't do it, like I, like I'm not like your financial advisor or anything, but it's just, just, you know, just like a, like a little tip. No, no, just, just stay out of the bubble. You know, don't put your fucking 401k into this or some shit like that, uh, because that's absurd. Uh, all right, that's that's enough cryptocurrency garbage. Uh, the next up, uh, uh, is <laughs> what is like this is, uh, weight loss headset. Okay, Christian, you want to explain how this stupid thing
1: um so um I guess we should it'll be in the show notes, but I guess right now, a content warning for uh weight weight stuff yeah. um food and all that sort of stuff yeah. uh essentially, what this is there's a bunch of little sticky electro pads on this headset which connects to the back of your ears and the it hooks onto the back of your head, and it'll start sending electric signals to your brains uh and what what it does is that it's supposed to send electric signals to i've never said this word out loud. The hypothalamus. No, it's it's a, uh, it's a yeah, it's hypothalamus. the hypothalamus. Uh, is the hypoth- hypothalamus. Yeah. Okay. TH not being th- thanks English, <laughs> um, but so so there is supposedly disclaimer. Supposedly, like not. I'm not. This is not a factual claim. Evidence that the body naturally wants to be at a certain set point. And if you trip over it, it'll be easy to lose weight. But if you go too below, too far below it, and it'll be hard to bring it back up. Um, there really is no science to it. The data isn't strong. The Verge article has a lot of examples of how how um, baseless some of these claims are, and there are studies that have not passed peer review or been published in any journals. Um, while i think journals are kind of silly uh i still think that science, good science should always be in a journal regardless of i think journals are expensive for no reason but it's like two separate things but so um and it's not fda approved and they're initiating a clinical trial but uh so this is something that just shocks your head a little bit makes you feel a little weird with the hopes that you'll lose weight
0: and get a headache in the process probably uh like yeah, like none of this is sounding good. They don't have FDA approval. I doubt like they raised two million on Indiegogo, which is absurd to me. Uh well not really. I guess weight weight loss stuff really does sort of uh people really want to believe it, uh, for various reasons. But yeah, like probably don't, you know, don't put any money into this already you know uh i w- i would doubt it if it even gets f d a approval or it can even ships right so that's that's that one last bit i think a bit of a i guess announcement uh the wi fi alliance uh announced uh w p a three security uh i guess just 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 announced w p a three uh with new we st- new standard of wi fi uh security features uh, because of what happened last year about with with the vulnerability called Crack, and that name is still hilarious. Uh, please, please, no jokes. Please, no. I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to cr- cr- crack any jokes. <laughs> God, damn it! I had to do it. I had to. Uh, I had to do it. it. It was too. It was too. It was just right in front of me. Uh,
1: but yeah, well, I'm going to snap out of this podcast. Oh God.
0: Um, <laughs> Yeah, so WPA three uh, is going to probably have possibly uh, opportunistic. Uh, what's the word? Opportunistic wireless encryption. Uh, we're going to have a link to a tweet which has the a link to an RFC RFC eight one one zero opportunistic uh, wireless encryption. I don't actually know the, what this actually is uh, because I haven't read through it because reading RFCs is extremely boring, uh, but it has a bunch of math in it as it's as crypto stuff. Uh, but opportunistic means that it happens, like, you know, like on the fly uh, on every connection and whatnot. So, yeah, if you're interested in this stuff, go take a look. Uh, I, I bet none of this stuff will probably shift for a couple more years. Uh, and
1: um, your router can't be updated to support this because you need due certification to yeah, use yeah. WPA3. Yeah. So um, it's very... Well, so... Existing router manufacturers can submit their devices for recertification to get this and then send out a software update. They won't though. But they yeah, they won't. Yeah.
0: They want you to buy new devices, so yeah. Uh,
1: you can get the new Nighthawks oh, x 69 420 Blaze for high-speed gaming. <laughs> now the most secure. Oh, I well, I don't that, know what's going That that was today. amazing.
0: That that sounded like that sounded like uh Snake from Metal Gear Solid doing an ad for uh, a router. Which is was fantastic. Um, all right, next up we ha- we are going to be talking about some
1: video games, uh, a lighter topic. Uh, going to start. A- I I don't know if this is a lighter topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to talk about games. And um, I recently picked up Final Fantasy fifteen, um, and I played it. And now, so we're going to do this in two parts because I have the game I want to talk about, and uh, Static also has a game he wants to talk about. So what we're going to do is I am um, going to start with a spoiler free overview. And then uh, we'll say we're about to do spoilers. Um, If you are using a podcast app that supports chapters, which um, we say it all the time, going to say it again, Pocket Cast, Overcast, find one that uses it because they're good apps. Um, Castro, you know, like chapters are good. So... um, if you're using one of those, there'll be chapter markers in the um in, in your app that'll say, you know, Final Fantasy 15 discussion, no spoilers, and the next one will be spoilers, and you can just skip ahead to the next one um if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Now, with that, Final Fantasy 15. Oh, <sighs> so Final Fantasy 15 is the 18th technically <laughs> game 20th in the main line oh, series because this is the problem right we have final fantasy 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 10 2 11 12 13 13 1 13 2 13 3 lightning returns 14 14 being reborn and the 15 oh shit this is the 20th oh jesus square enix what and f- then there's not even like the versus final fantasy games this oh no final fantasy 7 had dirge of cerberus have you, I think that's how you pronounce that for the PSP. Um, so, 21, 20 games, somewhere around there. More more than 15 games have come out in the mainline Final Fantasy series and dozens and millions of spinoffs, right? So, um, Final Fantasy 15 is speaking about smart assistants, series just went off. Oh my God. Um, nice. <laughs> so, Final Fantasy 15, you got four good boys and they're going on a road trip to get married. And then all shit breaks loose, and you go on this sort of um, Odyssean-style journey yeah. to save the world. Right.
0: So how do you feel about uh, the world, I guess? Let's, let's start with that, the world itself. I guess it's sort of an open-world game. Uh,
1: so the Final Fantasy is in fifteen is in two acts. Act Chapters 1 through 9 are all open-world. Chapters 9 through 14 are um, very linear- and 15 is a final chapter once you beat the game where you can go back to the open world and uh you know the new post game activities unlocked and all that fun stuff so for the open world part it's a small open world right final fantasy 15's world think of it like zelda's world or um i don't it's not like a ubisoft game right it's more of like an open world where technically you can go wherever and things you can do any side quest you want at any time but there's not a lot of places to go but every place you go has so much to do right right so, so it, it's yeah so it has like hub areas i suppose that's that yeah yeah so there's so there's city hubs there's outposts so how it works is right you go um there's not like big cities there's just larger outposts. Everything is an outpost in the open world. And when you talk to someone in a restaurant, they will tell you markers. You can find quests there, and certain quests spark new, um, other, like newer quests for you to do. And there's quest chains and all that. And you can also um, go to at least uh, eight dungeons. Um, four, I believe, are you have to do it to progress the main story. The rest you can do whenever. When you beat those dungeons, you can then do some challenge mode stuff to unlock a extra dungeon and that dungeon is a dungeon that is um, hidden and you have to like there's a quest chain to get into that dungeon and it's one of the hardest ones in the game and then when you beat the dungeon you can unlock um a new mode for those dungeons where if you uh go back into dungeons you previously cleared there's like three extra floors you can keep going deeper into the dungeon and there's more higher higher level rewards and all that fun stuff Um, there's also when you go to restaurants, so how how the how the um, leveling up system works in Final Fantasy is that you have to campground to or sleep to gain levels, right? All the experience you gain is only cashed in when you go to bed at night, and you can pay to sleep in an inn, but you do not get to cook. And cooking is important because, like Dungeon, like uh, Monster Hunter, or any of those other sort of uh post Final Fantasy JRPGs, right? Food gives you stats. Like you can make a meal, and then for the next in-game day, you'll have double attack and 400 more health, right? Or you can have stats for like it level, or um, if you have a higher range in um levels from you and the enemy, you do more damage. And those are temporary effects you can get by cooking meals. You don't get that if you sleep at an inn. What you get is a level bonus. So you'll get two times experience if you pay enough for this one place. You might get 1.5 experience at another cheaper place, right? So there's an interesting dynamic. You can stay out in the open world, sleep there, and you can, you can make stat boosts and stuff. Or you can buy meals at restaurants, but it's usually cheaper and um, you get better stat buffs if you make your own meals. And so you have this really interesting dynamic, right? Where you go around, you quest for the day, and then you go to bed at night. And then when you go to bed, one of the good boys, Prompto, is, it makes, takes photos throughout the day. And you can look through all the photos that the game has generated and pick your favorite ones. And it's like it creates this really good dynamic, right? Where you quest for a bit, it gets dark. If you're high enough level, you can fight demons that come out at night because they're they're like around level 30, right? So if you're if you progress enough in the game, you can you don't have to sleep. You can keep going and you know keep questing and all that. Um certain enemies will only show up at night, so some quests require you to be at night. Uh you can get bounties to hunt certain monsters at restaurants as well. So there's all sorts of thing to do, all sorts of things to do outside of quest itself. There's a fishing mini game which is really fun, um, and the quests are good because they're like The Witcher three, right? Every quest is fully voice act, like has full voice acting by a specific voice actor, and and there's like a little bit of story you get. And while you're doing the quests, and while you're being around in the world, Noctis, Prompto, Ignis, and uh, Gladius all talk to each other. So you'll get little bits of story here and there. Like sometimes the prompt I might talk about is background. And so you like you really build up this relationship with these characters. And it's so good. Um So I have like one more question, I suppose. Uh how,
0: how I've seen a little bit of the combat. What do you think of the combat system
1: uh in the game? It's nothing like a traditional Final Fantasy game. It's not turn-based at all. I believe you can turn on a wait mode if you want to, but I don't like turn-based. Combat games, right? I don't like picking coin picking point and click. Yeah. Wow. I just mangled those two words together. Point and click combat. Like wow, right? Like I don't really like that. Um, I like having something a bit more active. And fi- fighting in Final Fantasy 15 feels dynamic, right? Like you can you can like zoom zoom in real quick if you want to start attacking some enemies and then like pop out. Um, you can enable a gun if you want to do long-range fighting. You can have heavy weapons, you can have magic. Um there aren't summons though. Summons don't really work. Summons are more like assistance features, right? Like, say your party keeps getting killed or something like that, then you can have the option to summon uh this this uh god or whatever to come assist you. But fighting in Final Fantasy XV is really good. Spoiler time! It is it is spoiler time. Is spoiler time! All right, all right. Because I mean, it's the, everything else I want to talk about the game is about the story, right? Because, like, as as a just to sum up, I guess, before we really get into spoilers, as a base game, Final Fantasy plays great. Um, if you have an Xbox One X or PS4 Pro, there's a 4K 30 option or a 1080p 30 option. Um, I don't know what the difference is I think the 4k 30 option might dip sometimes but for most of the time it's a stable 30 there's also a unlocked frame rate mode and I recommend you do this when you get to the later chapters or you're not in the open world because the game will usually stick closer to 60 than not like I did the final boss battle all with uh the unlocked frame rate mode and it was in Gloria 60 the entire time so do that but so now to talk about the story this is some campy anime bullshit. I said it's on <laughs> but it's good anime bullshit, right? So basically, there's a movie and an anime that came out. Brotherhood Final Fantasy Fifteen is the anime, and the movie is Kingslave. Kingslave told what happened in the city Noctis is from when he left to go get married, right? Like when he left his home to go into the wild world, it's Kingslave's what happens there. And Brotherhood are stories about how Noctis and all of his friends got to meet each other as kids. Um, Brotherhood's on YouTube king's Laves on itunes or google play or whatever or probably netflix at this point i recommend you watch them both if you don't play the game because they're good stories and they're good standalone things but the story it's it's about rings right it's it's crystals and rings <laughs> crystals and- <laughs> it's crystals and fucking rings and i love it because it's such it's a final fantasy game happy things don't happen right yeah do you mind if I spoil the story for you, right? Like, do you? I, I, I'm i not going to
0: play it, so you can okay. go ahead.
1: So, Noctis is this bratty teen, right? When you start out, and by the end of this game, he is the most caring boy ever. And the fact that he has to die to save the world is the worst. And even worse, right? Even worse is so the game makes it clear to you that, you know, after a certain point, you have to sacrifice yourself to get the power to clear the world of all these demons, right? Like, to kill the final boss, you have to sacrifice yourself to do that. And, you know, things go bad. The girl you're supposed to marry gets killed. Like, your friends lose their... Agnes loses his sight to protect you. Gladius gets fucked up. Prompto turns, finds out he's, like, a robot half-created person. It's a, That's a long subplot. <laughs> but... So, like, they all get just fucked over. And then you get thrown into a coma for 10 years. And in 10 years, the sun stops coming up. And the world just goes even deeper into darkness. And when you wake up... It's like you have to go now, end your own life to save the final boss. And you only get a couple of days of like in-game quests and stuff to be reacquainted for friends again. Wow, that, that just got, got very dark. And the saddest part is right, right before you battle the final boss, Prompto walks up to you, hands you his phone, and you have to pick which picture you want to take with you. Oh, my God. So, like, the game, right after the game makes it very clear to you that you're going, that Noctis is going to die. Promptos like, or Noctis asks Prompto to see his phone, and Noctis is like, I got to pick a photo. And it's up to you. You have to pick the one photo that uh, you take with you into the final boss room. And the entire time, they're just talking. All the characters are talking about, like, what happened during that photo and what it meant to them. Wow. Okay. So, um, the photo I picked was a selfie of all four of the good boys, right? <laughs> like, of course, that's what I had to pick. Like, I didn't pick one of Noctis and his bride-to-be, you know. I picked one of the gang because I just had to. Um, it's, and it's super sad, right? Yeah. Because that's... once, you know what? You kill the final boss. The, the world is shown that light comes back to it. Noctis and his, what, and his bride-to-be are met in the, uh, in the afterlife. And then, you know, during the end credits, you know what they do? they they show what happens on the last time you guys camp out outside the city walls right like the last meal you make and all that and then (sighs) noctis is eating the the meal you picked right yeah and then noctis just looks at them and just starts crying in his food and then just starts saying about like how much all they all his friends meant to him oh god Wow! it breaks you down and i mean (laughs) it was i was gone i was like i was just done it was so oh so good so you know you spend like i said you're in the open world yeah they're talking to each other while you're in that open world you're doing all these side quests yeah i had 30 hours put in when i beat the game yeah and it's it's so good and so now, now that I'm done being super uh, emotional about it, here's, I need to me some actual criticism towards <laughs> it. Um, the game has flawed representations of women. There are some characters are definitely just there to be objectified. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mechanic at the beginning, right? The uh... yeah, Cindy. She's a great character, except for the fact that like every time you the game in game like dialogue picker has you talking to her, zooms on her boobs. Yeah, right? it's a little. <laughs> it's not a little. It's, it's gross. <laughs> um, the story is literally like an Odyssean sort of like, you know, go around the world, come back home and sacrifice yourself to win sort of story. But I, th- I think that it works well within that, right? Like this is a Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. and that's it. That's what they tried to make. They tried to make a good Final Fantasy game. Yeah. They didn't try to make some game with time travel like Thirteen was, right? <laughs> they were just like, let's go back to basics and make something that is just a Final Fantasy game. And they made a really great Final Fantasy game. Like, they innovate in some areas, right? Like, they bring it to be modern, there's open world elements. There's the dope car, right? The Regalia. You can trick out that car. You can turn it into an airship if you want to once you beat the game. Um, another another criticism I have towards it, though, is that... Uh, the latter half, when it becomes more linear, they try experimenting with the genre, right? Like, there's one mission which is supposed to be, like, this Metal Gear Solid um, stealth mission. But you can just kind of brute force your way through it, even if you're under-leveled. You don't have to do any of the stealth stuff. You can just fight everyone. And it wasn't... I wasn't aware that this was going to be a stealth mission until I read an interview with the director or, like, someone on the team. I was like, oh, yeah, chapter whatever. I think it was 13 or 12. That does, like, a really great stealth section. And I was like, what do you mean? I just fought everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard some things about the latter half of the game that I think were a bit not very favorable
0: in reviews. Yeah, it
1: stretches on for too long. It is. So there's a lot of exposition thrown at you quick, but the gameplay segments aren't as engaging as the exposition. And um it feels like there's not enough time for certain story points to be hit. Now, I don't, I don't think that the main story is left on a uh, on a place that makes you feel uneasy. But there's some side plots. There's some some side characters who only get a passing mention once you go into the last level of what happened to them in the ten years say so that you were in a coma. Right, like they could have had a much more rewarding conclusion because all the DLC just tells side stories to side characters, right? Like you have to play as Prompto's, one who plays Ignis, and one who plays Gladio in another um, DLC. They don't really expand on the main story. Which, mind you, I say this cautiously because Square Enix fucked up Final Fantasy 13 with the amount of sequels it had. <laughs> so, like, I don't think Final Fantasy 15 needs any sequels. Um, but, all in all, this, this game was... It was a trip. And that's that's what makes it so good, right? Yeah. Like, it takes you for a spin. And it also, it also does something that's rare these days. It respects the amount of time you put into the game, right? There's no... We have to say it. There's no loot box shit. There's no, like, microtransaction hell. Can you buy outfits that are DLC? Sure, but they're like a dollar. And honestly... Uh, I'm not gonna say it's just cosmetic because it's not just cosmetic, <laughs> but the benefits they give you are not worth the amount of money you'd put into them, I and the outfits don't even look that great right? right like the best things the best items are earned by playing the game
0: yeah, yeah that's i mean that's all no, that's all you want from a from a game like it just does the game party no no not the bullshit uh so that's Final Fantasy fifteen uh next up, I'm gonna be talking about the game I played last week uh a game called Tacoma. Uh, it is a game by the developers of, uh, gone home, uh, Fulbright. Uh, if you played gone home, it was, a story driven exploration driven game. Uh, I, I don't like to use the word walking simulator because I feel like it's a bit, uh, derogatory, but it's, I guess it fits. Uh, Tacoma, I'm going to read the STEAM description here because I feel like it's it's a good description. Uh, it's it's a narrative adventure uh, set aboard a high-tech space station in the year 2088. Um, as you go about your mission, you'll explore every detail of how the station's crew lived and worked, finding the clues that, you know, like there's a story of like trust, fear, uh, and resolve in the face of disaster. Uh and at the heart of Tacoma is the is the facilities, you know, digital surveillance system, which is the most interesting part, which has captured like you know these three D recordings of all, all the pivotal moments uh of the crew's life across the station. So you just like walk around the station and like explore these uh various recordings, right? And you find all these messages and you know, like emails from people and you know, like they'll you go into these people's rooms and stuff, you know, it's it's pretty cool. Uh so that's the sort of description uh of the of the without spoilers because it's, it's really hard to avoid spoilers for this game but uh the next section coming up spoilers so uh make sure you put a chapter marker here uh takoba christian you mind spoilers i guess do you mind i don't know if you
1: i will is this game even on like xbox no it's
0: only on pc
1: uh so, so yeah spoilers <laughs>
0: Spo- yeah um, so Essentially, you're this, uh, you're this contractor, the subcontractor, you got, you get hired to go to the ship to retrieve this uh, AI from the space uh, this defunct space station, which was, uh, which had an accident recently. Um, and as I mentioned, you go around like fighting all these stories and like collecting all these data from all these people, uh, people's lives. You, you understand all these characters that are like, you know, uh, like the, the people who worked at the station, how they thought, how they felt. How they felt and stuff and like what what they did like up, up to the last moments uh of the uh, uh on, on the, the like then a disaster struck uh the station right there was the the, the 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 station's oxygen tanks uh were hit uh or 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 exploded, and the station was running out of uh oxygen, so they had to figure out a way to get out of the station or call for help, but they also found out that uh the stations emergency beacons are like contact, uh, the beacons were dead and they couldn't contact anybody. So it was like, what do we do? So they were like, Oh, let's, we have to go into cryo. So they're prepared to go to cryo. And then, then, then this is where the AI comes in. It's the, uh, the adventurous corporation that runs the ship. Uh, it's AI. It's just like, Hey, uh, you know, you don't have to go into cryo, uh, I was ordered to tell you guys nothing about this, but they're going to kill me anyway. So like, you might as well go find out what the actual truth is. So like you as a character, like you go into this, like with AI core as uh, and it has like the Venturist corporation set, set this whole thing up, like to set the explosion up, uh, just so they can like get a law passed. Uh, so this is a, this is, this is where the politics, 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 politics comes in. Uh, this is set in this weird future, uh, where corporations are basically like, uh, what's the word for it? Like you basically live inside corporations, like corporations are like the social structure.
1: They're the state.
0: Uh, Corporations are basically the state, uh, and you just have to pick a corporation to live under, um, And it's in this weird feature where like these corporations like pay for everything and like you get paid in these specific currencies uh, that are specific to the uh, corporations themselves. Uh, And everybody just, and these AIs are just like, you know, they're they're sentient, they're fully sentient. So once you find out the truth that Ventura's corporation set this whole thing up to set the uh, thing to blow and set the AI to not tell anybody, tell And then disable the external communication beacons. Uh, You find out the twist here is your character, your player character here is uh, like not actually uh, a subcontractor. She's she's working undercover for the AI liberation front. So she's here to free the AI from its core and take it back into uh, free space uh, where the where the AIs can you know uh, live the lives of their own. on their own own terms, so that's that's Tacoma. It's like I'm not doing it justice by explaining it right now because
1: it's it's a little bit more like you gotta really get into the story. Uh, it's like a uh, Final Fantasy 15, right? It takes you for a trip. It
0: does. Like it's it's not a long game. Like it's it's about two hours long um, from start to finish. Uh, a little bit longer if you want to like unlock all the secrets uh, and unlock all the door. There are some locked doors that you get. You have to find keys for whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's about two hours, so you know you can play this basically in one setting uh i recommend it a lot like if you liked gone home and i think i think you're gonna like tacoma a whole lot uh i played this right after i finished prey so i just wanted more space video games so the, this is this is very good uh so yeah that's that's tacoma uh i don't think i don't have anything else to
1: say I need to watch like a let's play of this. Uh, thing, yeah, that sounds super interesting. I mean, it yeah. is
0: very, very interesting to watch. Uh, very interesting to play through as well. Like the twist. I did not, uh, the twist was, I was just like, holy shit, that that's a great twist. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the story of Tacoma. Uh Kushan, let's see if you have anything else to say. I think we're going to
1: end the podcast today. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna It's time to wrap up for the week. Uh, just, just all in all, fuck CES. Um, Good boys in Final Fantasy 15, and let's go to space.
0: Yeah, fuck cryptocurrency as well. Uh, also, yeah, you can find us on Mastodon. Uh, I'm on at staticsafe at mastodon.zombocloud.com,
1: and Christian, I am at choosefind at instance And you can find
0: our show notes, as always, on two shades of brown There's also a contact link there to an email address that you can use to send us feedback uh at us about our hot takes about cryptocurrency uh i don't know uh <laughs> uh our, our how to pronounce gif uh whatever yeah. uh yeah whatever just send an email uh, i love reading emails so with that goodbye bye